Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Aloha and welcome to episode number nine of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson and I cannot believe we are one week away from the Boy Mom book release. I have all the feels today. This is a time I've been looking forward to for literally years. It takes a whole lot more to put a book together than I ever would have known. Someday maybe I'll do a couple episodes about the book publishing process because I have learned so much along the way and it has been a time filled with all different emotions so many exciting times, so many insecurities and vulnerabilities, to be honest. And um, I just can't wait. We are almost at that place where the book gets to go out into the world. And it is just my hope and prayer that a whole lot of moms are encouraged and inspired and a greater community is built. And so I just want to thank you again for being a part of it, for being a part of this process and for spreading the word. If you haven't yet, I invite you to the book page. You can go to monicaswanson.com forward slash boy mom book. You can read more about the book. You can order it there, pre-order it there. And of course, the book will be found everywhere. But the more orders that go through up until and on that launch day, the better. It really does help um, just with rankings and with helping other moms all over the world find the book. So I appreciate that so much. I also appreciate that you've been listening to these first episodes and leaving your ratings and reviews. I always have to remind you to do that if you haven't. But um, these first weeks have just been such a blessing to me, and I hope you're enjoying them. Thank you for posting about them and spreading the word about this Boy Mom podcast. And today we come to a topic that is big. It can feel heavy, and I don't want it to, um, but it's a reality of our lives today. In the world we live in, there's no way of avoiding technology in raising our boys. And this covers all kinds of things. And in future episodes, I hope we can, well, I will plan on um, some specific episodes about things like gaming, gaming addiction, um, social media, when's the right time to let our kids get on social media? How do we handle that? We can talk about filters. We can talk about pornography. We can talk about um, just all the different things in technology. There's a long, long list. But as we come to this uh, chapter in the book and what we're doing here on the podcast, I wanted this episode to just be a boy mom to boy mom chat about the general topic of raising boys with technology. And as I thought about who I wanted to have on, the first person that came to mind was Ruth Simons. And I'm not sure why, <laughs> maybe because I'm a big fan, uh, maybe because she has six sons. But every time I see her posts on social media, I am just really encouraged and inspired. And I had a feeling she was doing some serious upstream parenting, but also keeping her feet on the earth. Like I, I could tell that she is dealing with the real stuff of raising boys and I wanted to hear from her. So I went ahead and reached out to Ruth just in case she might have time to come on. And when she said yes, I kind of freaked out because like I said, I'm a big fan and I thought, wow, now, um, I got to be ready to have Ruth on. And she ended up being so much fun to talk to, such a blessing, such a joy. And I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So as always, you're going to find a whole lot more specific um, stuff about technology in the chapter of my book. So definitely get your hands on that and read it. There's a resource at the end of the book I mentioned in, um, in this 
interview, and I will be linking to everything else we talk about in my show notes as well, which is always found at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. So look for those show notes, but really, this is just an encouraging and inspiring talk with Ruth, Ruth Simons, who has been raising her six boys and um, had some really solid experiences, and I look forward to sharing this conversation with you. A quick heads up here, in my excitement to interview Ruth, I started welcoming her before my recording was actually on, so um, I cut off my own self, giving her a welcome introduction, but um, these things happen, right? So without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in to Ruth and I talking about raising sons with a healthy relationship to technology. Here we go. For joining us today. I'm so glad to be here, Monica. It is just such an honor and um and I have so many things I would love to talk to you about here on the podcast. I have to open by um, publicly asking you to commit to coming on again another episode down the road. <laughs> I no, will no make that happen. <laughs> Oh my no, goodness. The, the fact is, is I'm bringing you on for a real specific topic today, but it's hard for me to hold back because there's so many things I want to talk to you about. So please, before we dive into today's topic, I'm pretty sure everyone knows you. Maybe I'm just such a fan of yours that I assume that, but would you just share a brief introduction to yourself and your family and what you do so everyone can kind of know where you're coming from today? Sure, sure. I am Ruth Joe Simons. I am the founder of Grace Laced, a website. Gracelaced.com is a website in which I sell lifestyle products and artwork um, that I've painted that adorn the gospel and just help keep us gazing towards Christ and our hope in Jesus. And um, I've written a book called Grace Laced, Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart. And that came out two years ago. And my new book, Beholding and Becoming the Art of Everyday Worship, um, comes out September 10th of this year. I am um, a wife to Troy. Our anniversary is actually tomorrow. It will be uh, 21 years. And um, I am mom to six boys. So my oldest is 17 and my youngest is six. And so kind of every two years there. And uh, it's been the most fun and the biggest surprise of a blessing in my life. And so it's fun to be here on a boy mom podcast. So great. Oh, it is such a privilege to have you here. And I am so excited about your upcoming book. I just watched your new book trailer video yesterday and it is absolutely stunning. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I just have to tell you, because it was funny and not everyone knows my husband, but my husband actually, he's, he's a physician, he's a hospital physician, but mm. he um, went to college on an art scholarship. And oh, wow. he, yeah, and he grew up in Oregon. He was a birder. So he would wake up early in the morning and go out and go birding. And he became an artist. Um, he would draw pen and ink birds and he had them in wow. some art galleries when he was like junior high, high school age. So I've been trying to kind of get him back into art here in Hawaii. Cause I think there's so many beautiful things that he could draw or mm-hmm. paint. And so, um, yesterday I was looking at your video and I was like, come, you have to look at this. And he stopped and my husband's kind of, you know, a bit of an introvert and a quieter guy. And he watches your video and he goes, now there's a woman after my own heart. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and that is yeah. so unlike him to say that I was up. He's like just being out in nature. He saw you out in the field, just painting nature. And he's like, that, that's, that's my heart right there. <laughs> I love that. Well, I think our families probably have more than just boys in common. Um, yes. I know you all are theologically inclined and care about, you know, just yep. things of the word and things of the Lord. And, and I feel like all good art points us ultimately, not because it's Christian art, but because it points us to our master artist, creator, God. And so, yes, Absolutely. I hope that was inspiring for us to behold God and, and become more like him. So. Absolutely. For sure. Okay. Yes. I, I think that every time I see a beautiful sunset, I'm just like, there is no greater artist. Oh. Well, today we get to dive into a topic that is on a lot of mom's minds and um, something you and I probably both get a lot of questions about, but we are going through the main topics in my book, Boy Mom. And I'm so thankful that Ruth was willing to join me to talk about technology, raising boys in a world saturated with technology, everything from gaming to screen time to social media. And no, we can't cover it all today, unfortunately. (laughs) But um, I knew that Ruth having six boys, this is a topic that she is probably 
probably dealt with and is asked a lot about. So I invited her on to just talk about this, like two boy moms sitting over coffee, talking about something so many boy moms want to talk about. So again, I just want to thank you for joining me for this conversation, Ruth. Absolutely. And, you know, right off the bat, I'll just say, um, and I think you would agree too, just for any mom out there going, oh, this is that topic that I feel like I'm failing in or whatever. Um, I am a work in progress in this and nobody has the perfect right answer. I think I am that person that wishes that a rule could keep my kids from ever sinning. And mm-hmm. that if I do enough research or if I ask for enough counsel or listen to enough podcasts, I'll, I'll save myself the pain of having kids who struggle or make mistakes. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of times as moms, we kind of go, please just give me the right answer so that my kids won't be wayward or won't fall mm-hmm. into sin or um, that I, as a mom, won't have to struggle or make mistakes. And so right off the bat, I just want to encourage any mom listening today that, um, Motherhood is sanctifying because God is transforming us as mm-hmm. he's transforming our kids. And so the very process in which we're just discerning the right way to do things, we're discerning what honors the Lord in our practices with technology, social media, the way we spend time, the activities we choose, all these topics ultimately um, are you know, part of our lives to point to how we could see God at work in our children's lives as well as our lives, how we can be more aligned with him. And so Mm -hmm. not getting it right and not having it perfectly set up in our, Mm -hmm. in our lives. um, The ultimate goal is not to be perfect. The ultimate Mm -hmm. goal is to be um, consecrated to the Lord, right? The ultimate goal is to be sanctified. I think that's one thing that could just give us all a moment to just sigh in relief and just pause and say, the gospel and the grace of God abounds in this area as well as every other area that ultimately um, we're not, we're not perfect. We're in progress. And the goal here is sanctification. And so if Monica and I here today in this conversation, we we can encourage you listener to just um, be sanctified in this and Mm -hmm. grow in this. That's the goal, not to do it our way or be just like us or like any other family necessarily, you know? Oh, absolutely. Such good stuff. I I love all that. And I I think also just giving ourselves the grace to figure it out as we go. Yes. Listen to other people, read the books. Um, You know, I put more time into my technology chapter than any other chapter. And I still finished it frustrated because I felt like there really isn't a formula. There's not one thing I can say to help. But one thing that I do like to remind moms is that in this whole area of technology and especially smartphones and all that, that, that we are the digital immigrants, us as parents, those of us who didn't grow up, unless you're a real young mom and there's a few of you out there, but our kids are digital natives. They have grown up with this. Mm -hmm. And so we need to just give ourselves a ton of grace in realizing that we're figuring things out. We can't turn to mom. We can't turn to grandma and say, how did you deal with Snapchat? What did you decide about Instagram? Because they didn't deal with any of that. So we, um, we are in the process of learning and figuring it out, and and God is using this, just like you said, in our life as well as our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I loved that last night I, um, I saw on your Instagram feed that you put out a story about our talk today, mm-hmm. and um, I want to hear a little about the response to that. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't talk about my kids and whether they have cell phones or not. I don't really talk about that. Um, but last night, you know, my son who turned 17 a few months ago and is headed to college this fall, um, he, you know, he finally decided after, you know, thinking about it for a long time, he decided what he wanted to do on social media, that he was ready to start a profile on Instagram. And, you know, it's not that it won't be fun or it's not about, things that he's interested in, but he just felt like for once he knew that he wasn't joining just to randomly have conversations with other people or just randomly post pictures of himself. And so he kind of had a purpose there and he decided to join. And, um, I shared that on my stories and clarified that the reason why I was proud of him was that ultimately it wasn't that he joined, but that he joined with purpose at a certain time. And so of course, that brought up the fact that we were having this conversation and I just gave people an opportunity to ask questions and, and, you know, hundreds of comments came in and I'm not going to read them all here, but the majority of the questions really were questions of what is the right age to 
hand a cell phone or let your kid have a cell phone? What is the right age to let them have a social media account? What is the right amount of time that somebody, a child should spend on their phones or on social media or gaming? Mm. And, you know, somebody tell us, (laughs) right? Those are really difficult questions. And the reality is, Monica, you you and I have not met in person. Our families haven't got together. You and I, in our homes, we may do things very differently. So Mm. ultimately, or we may do it exactly the same. I mean, I don't know. But my point is, we can't compare ourselves necessarily with how somebody else does it. But I do think that the principle, mm-hmm. principles do matter. Like when we yes. start with principles, and yes. I hope by the end of this podcast, we will get to a few nitty gritty um, practicalities. But it's a disservice to you, the listener, if I start mm-hmm. off by saying, this is the boundary we put up. This is exactly what we do. Because just like with the Christian walk, if we go straight to the rules first, mm-hmm. we might miss the perspective of like, what is God after here? What is yes. God is actually after with us? And so I would just start there by saying um, to any listener that the first thing that we always want to like consider is what what are we shaping as adults and parents, and what are we shaping our kids? in their lives. Like what yes. is, what is it that they're loving the most? Yes. Because oh, really okay. you spend the majority of your time, you will look most often too, and you will prioritize your life around whatever you think is the most valuable, what you love the most. Somebody who loves a certain sport or an activity will practice so much. Somebody who, you know, I've seen the surf pictures on your feed, right? (laughs) Somebody who loves a certain food will not stop talking about that restaurant that they went to because they made that amazing burger or whatever it is. Um, So we all talk about the things that we love so much. When you're in a dating relationship and you're engaged and you love that person, your fiance, you kind of are sickening about how much you talk (laughs) about that person, right? And so- so I think we have to start with, as parents, are we engaged in encouraging our children about what is worthy of loving, first mm-hmm. and foremost? You can hand them a phone and tell them these are the hours, and the rules, and exactly when and what. But if you haven't had any part in talking to them about what's worthy of loving and what mm-hmm. what should capture their hearts, then you probably won't get very far in yeah. laying down some rules about hours spent Yes. Or when yes. it's on and off. And you could have the right app that shuts their phone off at a certain time of day, but will that actually change the idolatry of the heart, right? Because Absolutely. plenty of things, we, if, if any parents are out there who are nodding, like, you know, you don't want a kid who goes off and sneaks Mm-mm. time in doing something sure. or, or works around the boundaries. We want to, our kids to say, this is where my struggle is. This is what I love the most. How do I love something else more than I love this? How do oh. I not love somebody else's opinion about me more than anything, right? Because that's what's oh. happening is kids so are being true. shaped by other people's opinions of them on social media. They're shaped by um, the levels they arrive at on video games. Yep. Whatever it is, what you're looking at really isn't so much about schedule, routine, time, or the formula of, what works at what age, you're really looking at what they're becoming and who, what's shaping them in oh, their lives, right? So, so true. And and that's really even the story of your of your book, I believe. I mean, the whole right. beholding and becoming, it's it's where you pour your time and your heart. And um, and I love that. My 20-year-old, just my oldest, just turned 20, but we were just right. talking about this, about one of his younger brothers and decisions we're making. And he said, mom, it's it's a heart issue. And the, the tough thing is, is kids do take a while to mature. I think boys a little slower than girls even. And so for them to ask those hard questions, it takes um, some real maturity to ask the questions that you're talking about. And so because of that, my husband and I are leaning towards waiting a little longer with each of our kids. You know, I've said my first two sons uh, or my first son got a cell phone at 13, I believe. And the second son was a little longer. Uh, We waited longer. And then our third son, he's 15 and he's still got his flip phone. (laughs) And, um, And I think another thing to consider here is not just between families, but between individual children. Absolutely. That, yes. that 15 year old, as much as we love him, he's our surfer and he's got so many great character qualities. He's also, um, you know, we, 
touch on the Enneagram here sometimes, but he's my seven and he just loves to have fun. And you put a cell phone in his hand and not because he's not a good kid, but just because his personality, it's hard for him to put it away once he's starting to have fun. And so I think we need to look at our kids and say, listen, it might look different for you than for your brother or sister, but we are parenting individually because we love you and we want to make choices what's best for you. You might have a child who is way more impressionable and mm-hmm. way more aware of what somebody else thinks of the way he dresses than mm-hmm. another one of your kids, right? I have one child who could care less if somebody mm-hmm. doesn't like him and Correct. he really doesn't need a lot of friends. But yep. then I have another one who gets a little hurt if he's not popular or if he sure. gets a little hurt or if, if somebody picks the other person instead of him, right? Sure. So, you, so as parents, part of our job is to pay attention, Yes. Look at where, where is, you know, usually in our kids as well as in ourselves, our, the strength is also the weakness, right? There's a strength to somebody who is sensitive and the weakness could be that that person is really makes an idol of what somebody else thinks of them, right? Exactly. Or their strength could be that they have a lot of um, self-control, but maybe it's also the flip side is that they're a little legalistic about it, right? right. Or whatever yes. it is. So, so we always have to look at that with our kids. Um, you know, something that our parents didn't have to deal with in raising us is there was always a um, a phone. Uh, there was a family home phone number mm-hmm. in every yes. home. We yes. are now raising kids who have to memorize parents' cell phones because there's no phone in a house right. most of the time anymore. And so when my oldest got to be, you know, I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was 13 or 14. We kind of noticed that there was an actual concern of, well, if he's at a friend's house and for something happens, they're on a hike or whatever they're doing, um, what if he needs to get a hold of me? You know, like, and so there was sure. kind of was beginning. And then when he got a little older and he was babysitting the younger ones, there was a real issue of, I can't leave him uh-huh. at home while I go run and get groceries without a cell phone. But that doesn't mean that in it, and in our household, it meant that he was not, um, he didn't have access to YouTube or surfing the web, or he also wasn't on social media. So just because you have a phone doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that necessarily equates to having access to everything that the phone has allows. Right. And also for our family, we kind of kept a short list and we said, there is no shame in telling your friends, Hey, my parents aren't having me give out my cell number. So there's Mm -hmm. no texting involved because, um, you know, texting takes up time. What is that conversation needed? If you're working with a friend on a project for school, maybe that's needed, but really don't we just get together and work on a project? Otherwise, a lot of time is taken maybe in the, you know, in the evenings trying to go back and forth talking about nothing. And so obviously (laughs) my oldest going off to college, yes, he is now, um, he has a lot more say, well, he has full say now because I can see the maturity in him. He has a lot, um, he doesn't have us hanging over his head about, um, who he's giving his phone number out to, Sure, but, yeah. um, but just on a practical level as a family, um, I mean, I guess if I'm going to just share my story, my two yeah. oldest have cell phones at this point. Mm-hmm. So my 17 year old has a cell phone and my 15 year old has a cell phone. My 15 year old has restrictions mm-hmm. on websites, yeah. is not on social media and, um, only has his number shared with family friends and the yeah. texts that happen. Um, and this might sound controlling, but it is literally the way we've set it up from sure. day one. So it doesn't feel real stressful. We're mm-hmm. on family thread conversations. So if he's texting with, um, his friends, the parents are on that same thread. So we're mm-hmm. laughing about memes. We're laughing about GIFs. Oh, I love that. Um, I and we're texting back and forth and sending videos of this accident we had on the trail. That's happening on a family thread with other oh families. Goodness. And so it's really not this conversation that they get sucked into. And then all of a sudden there's a graphic that goes by that I have to uh-huh. say, what did you look at? And yes. so when they get older and they, you know, as my 17 year old is going to college, he's staying home, but he's going to be going to college every day. Yes. <laughs> and yes. at that point, there are some, you know, like I'm letting him go. Like he's he's growing up and making those decisions um, wisely himself. But as a family, we also keep phones in the kitchen at night. And so we put our phones to bed and they don't take them into their rooms. So they don't wake up first thing in the morning and check their phones while laying in bed and talking to somebody. And they don't go to bed 
surfing or talking to anybody. And so So as a family, we turn down the lights and keep everything in the kitchen. I love that. I think that is wise. And I think that is one rule that I might recommend for pretty much every family. Like I don't, I don't think there's many kids that really have an excuse to have a phone in their bedroom at night. So as much as I'm not into hard, fast rules, there's a few things that I think are good, um, good boundaries that just help. I mean, we, why, why offer temptation if they don't need it? So I, I love that. I think that's terrific. Now, here's the thing. Like a couple of years ago, our family was, um, because I was blogging a lot more, this was uh-huh. several years ago, and um, we were asked to review a product by Disney called the Disney Circle. And it's yes. a device that um, literally reports on the usage of phones by everybody in the family. You can like- Sure, I've heard of this. Life. Yeah. And so there are devices out there. I'm sure this is not the only one. And mm-hmm. and I mentioned this because as a family- we reviewed it, we tried it out, and it wasn't for us. And mm-hmm. as a family, we don't use a device like that. But that doesn't mean that it's not for everyone, you know? And, totally. and you might be in a situation as a listener where maybe for whatever reason, somebody in the family gave your kid a phone a long time ago. It kind of started a little younger than you wanted. And now you're kind of looking back and going, well, it's too late now to pull back and, and tell them to get off social media. Mm -hmm. And maybe you do need a device like that. So you reset as a family and say, Hey, we're all going to, this device is going to lock our phones down at seven o'clock and we're not going to be on our phones. We're going to have family time. Maybe that device will say, Hey, it will report to me when you're on Snapchat. Maybe it will report to me when, um, you're on a website that wasn't approved. I'm saying, that might be where your family needs to be right now. And there are devices out there for that. I'm not saying that every family is going to be on the same page or even with all your hard work, mom, you may not have a kid who responds in the way that Monica and I are talking about right now, you know, and and Monica, you and I may not have a kid further down the road that will respond to the way that our oldest did. I'm just just stating that out loud to say, there is grace here. There are devices that do help. And I'm not saying because we don't use a device doesn't mean you shouldn't have some rules or boundaries or a physical lockdown on certain, you know, maybe YouTube is that where you say, nope, um, I will get pinged every time my kid tries to get on YouTube. And maybe that's necessary. But I also want to encourage a parent, if you're a parent listening and your kids are six and eight years old right now, I just want to offer you great hope that um, you do not have to go the way the world is going. You do not have to put a cell phone in their hands when they hit middle school. You could wait until they are 17, 18 years old. They don't have to be on Snapchat. They don't have to be on social media. And you can, here's the thing, when we're all filled up by something, you -hmm. could replace that longing for something to fill up their lives with something better. And, you know, Monica, you and I would agree that there are lots and lots of things that existed before cell phones existed and (laughs) kids are still very much, um, they, they, they have great capacity to love other things and be totally mesmerized by an incredible hike, time on the ocean, um, a really great podcast, audiobooks. There are so so many things that time with friends, right? Right. Not sitting in their rooms. Yes. I was just going to say, I, in in the, chapter in the book, I do say that that's, that's just so much my heart is to tell my boys that there are so many things that we offer unlimited access to. You may spend as much time outdoors as you like. You may read that book of yours as much as you like. And and circling back to what you were saying before, that's been my older boys' experience was we did allow them to go on social media in their pretty early teenage years, actually monitoring it very closely. But both of them got to a place where they just said straight out, this, this sucks more life out of me than it gives me. Right, and right. and they confessed that it was causing them to um, struggle with some insecurities or comparing themselves and how many likes and follows they had to other people. And pretty soon they got to a place where they said, you know, I think I'm better off without it. And so they both have an account, but they kind of go off and on. Um, I know I mentioned in a previous episode that my oldest son has himself on a timer that he has a limitation. Mm-hmm. I forget if he's down to like 20 minutes now, but a week. And so he Love literally that. uses yeah. it to check in and see if he missed anything. And then he gets right back off of it. But both of them have become just passionate about reading great books as well as outdoor activities. So yes, I think pointing our kids to all those things that they can do without any restriction is just such a blessing too. Right. 
Right. Yes. And I think that it's, it's good. Like I don't, we all have different personalities and I, I just heard you say, you know, you guys talk about Enneagram here sometimes. I haven't dug real deep into Enneagrams, but I know that clearly we all have different personalities <laughs> yes. and we all operate differently. Troy and I happen to be parents that kind of like to talk. Like we yes. love to get around the table and we dig deep and we talk a lot. Now, not every family is going to be quite like that. And maybe right. you're the family that you need to go do an activity. And in oh. that activity, you get to, some conversation will come up. Yes. Maybe your kids aren't as like, let's reach deep down in our souls, you know, and my kids make fun <laughs> of us, right? Because yes. I take a conversation from zero to 60 and, uh-huh. you know, no time. Yes. But but here's the thing, the, the principle, I think, for every family, no matter how it looks in your family, no matter whether it comes via dinner date with your child or a hike with your son or whatever it is, we have to get to the heart of the issue. I think it's important to ask the question, what are you looking for when you go there with whatever activity, right? If we're talking yes. about video games or social media or Snapchat, um, and it could apply to other interests too. But let's, since we're talking about tech today, let's say, let's stick with this, but I think it's important to ask the question, Hey son, what, what are you like? What is missing in your life that you're going to that? What do you think is, what what do you think is the high that it's producing? And it's important to, to acknowledge as parents and say, sometimes I feel like my life is mundane as a mom. And maybe I just want to numb myself and go on Facebook Mm -hmm. and scroll a little bit and, and be amused, right. Or entertained. So or true. maybe I don't feel affirmed and I feel like I'm struggling and I'm looking to somebody else to affirm mm-hmm. me. If we as moms can confess and be honest about that, then our kids might know, oh, that's, that's what they're looking for. They're, she's asking me a question that I have to dig a little bit deeper in. This is yeah. not simply, my friends are on Snapchat and that's how they keep in touch. Totally. That's a really easy answer, but what's the deeper answer? The deeper is people aren't in real relationships anymore. Kids aren't getting to know each other. And so they put out a facade to feel like they are somehow getting approval and that is equating to relationship. So therefore, if we can get to that heart of the issue, what does God say about like real relationship or real worth, right? What does he, why why does it say God looks on the heart? Right. What does that yes. mean? So exactly. when we get to that part of the conversation, then it puts the issue of social media and social everything place. online. It puts it in this place, right? Yes. yes. Oh, I love that. I I think that having the conversations and like you said, we're we're a family that likes to talk. At least I yeah, my husband does too, but I'm the bigger talker. But I love to dig in and talk. But I say, even if that's not you, I still encourage people to enter into that conversation with your kids because I do think so much can come up that maybe they didn't even realize was there. And um, I know my just turned nine-year-old, my youngest son, Levi, he has, I think, two games on my phone. One, one, The main one he plays on is like a surfing game. And then there's something else. But every time he gets a chance to grab my phone, he'll just go straight to that. And we had that conversation the other day. I said, why do you think you do? You know what? Tell me what's going on inside you when you grab that. Because really what I think is happening is there's just, it's a way to kind of check out. He knows he's got chores to do. He knows mm-hmm. he ought to be doing this or ought to be doing that. But it it's almost like a, a drug, sadly. I really see the connection now because between games and and drugs because I realize it just numbs your brain. You just fall into right. that. So I think just talking about it helped him go, oh, that I don't think he ever would have even had that thought if I hadn't said, what is going on when you grab that? And and he had to admit, yeah, it was a way of avoidance. It was a way of avoiding the things he needed to do. But um, those conversations are just super, super important. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. And I think setting up expectations as a family, right? If sure. if every single night after dinner, everybody's sitting around on their phones, then you kind of become like, that's the culture yeah. of your family. And yeah. the expectation becomes like, well, of course, that's what we do. Yes. But the, if the expectation is no. like what it is kind of on at our house is Minecraft happens when mom and dad are on a date night or mm-hmm. if we're on a road trip. And that's yes. kind of the only time that we really do it. And so sure. then it becomes a special thing. And yes. there's not an expectation. There's not even a sense of when we finish chores, because now they know when we finish chores, they go and bike. Like that's what yes. they get to do. And so setting up expectations where it's, that's just not even a question. It's I like there are opportunities, but I then you're not sitting there every day having to say no. Yes. I think that's what's wearing sometimes wearing wears parents down is that feeling of like, when do I say yes? When do I say no? But instead, like as a whole, our goals are going to be these things. 
And, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to have the same goals as my family, but for us, we're just like, okay, for goodness sakes, um, you're never going to struggle with being fascinated by Angry Birds or Minecraft. So (laughs) you're going to struggle as you get older with noticing things in nature, noticing or wanting to take time out to talk with friends or having to cook out with another family. You're going to struggle to make time for that. So let's just fill our time with things that we got to cultivate an appetite for. Uh, I I love that. that Something you said earlier, I think applies to this as well. If you're that family for those listening that are like, oh no, we've already, you know, when dinner's done, we're all on our devices. Our kid goes straight to a video game. Um, similar to what you said before with about um, about if you've already opened a door a little bit young or you're at a place, I just say, I always encourage parents, it, it's never too late to just say, listen, I'm learning and, mm-hmm. and we need to take a step back. And, and I know it's hard. And I did that even with my youngest son. We used to get in the car and he would just grab my phone and play his little game. And it was a break for me. I admit that I kind of liked it because I could stick my earbud in and listen to a podcast or just mm-hmm. have some quiet. But I hit a point after reading some research as I wrote that chapter of my book Mm -hmm. where I thought, this is so not good for him or me. And I just Mm -hmm. said, um, you know, we're under new management. That's always my, my little phrase. (laughs) Just like when a restaurant turns over the sign and says under new management, let's change our expectations. And yes, for a a week or two, he thought he would die because he had get in the car and be like, what? I can't play my game. And I'm like, you're going (laughs) to survive. And sure enough, they get used to it. And if you've given them that phone and now you need to set up some, um, some boundaries with it, if you need to put some filters in place and, um, and I will say, Say that at the end of my chapter, I have a practical resource at the end of every chapter, and I do list a whole bunch of different filters and devices, like you said, the Disney Circle, as well as many, many others. Um, we, like you, don't use a whole lot um, because I'm around a lot and we're together a lot and I check in a lot. But if you're a mom that has to be away, if you work or your kids are outside of your care, I say, take the time to figure out what you need so that you have absolute peace. And um, if you need something more than you've got, take the time. It's never as difficult as we imagine it's going to be. We do have internet filters for sure. And even for me, I put off setting those up because I thought they were going to be really difficult and it took, you know, 10 minutes to set it up in the end. So, um, Yep. Just like you said, figure out what your family needs right? and then keep the conversation open. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we do have to make that huge, massive, everybody stop. We're making a huge life change. But for a lot of our families, it's about making a lot of minor, small changes consistently. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I mean, obviously I've been thinking for the last two years on this topic of becoming. And I, so I'm really aware that everything like every small adjustment is shaping who I become in five years time. But you can also say, starting today, if I make a small adjustment towards where I want to go, I can reverse some of the Mm -hmm. issues that I've allowed to occur in my family. So for example, you know, um, something so small as taking your phone to the dinner table. If I start, if I allow that in myself, let's say, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I'm like checking things because we're all tired and we're not really having a conversation at dinner, Well, before you know it, by the end of the week, everybody's bringing a phone to the dinner table and we're replying to emails, trying to be efficient, trying to take care of stuff. And before you know it, in five years time, do you think you're really going to be good at having a conversation? Forget five years, three months from now, would you be able to ask a question at the table? Hey kids, what's going on in your hearts today? Well, that's not going to happen. It's awkward. That also (laughs) means that today you can say, hey, just a small minor adjustment let's leave our phones in the other room and we're just going to ask one simple question, everybody. And it's going to be a little weird, maybe the first time. And people are like, what are you trying to do? (laughs) You shape shape your becoming by every, you know, someday is made up of a lot of right nows. It really is. That is so true. Making choices day by day, little bit at a time. And so maybe your family does need to do a hard reset, but it also might mean that you've had, you've let some unhealthy habits take place. And it just means that you have to keep curbing and saying, you know what, we're works in progress. We're not failures. We're works in progress. You know, that is so good. I've had to come to my boys and just own it myself. And I think that that can so um, impact them when a mom is just willing to say, listen, I have 
really wasted some time with you by staring at my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm really convicted. The Lord showed me that that's really wasting my time. And I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? And I'm going to work on this now. I'm probably not going to be perfect, but I give you permission to tell me when you notice that I'm looking at my phone when I could be connecting with you. And I think bringing our kids into that and just being human and owning it speaks volumes to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually you did an Instagram post this morning and I loved, you quoted Piper and I loved Mm -hmm. what you said, because it's about time, but because really so many um, of these issues come back to time and yeah, you'll want to go back and find um, Ruth's post from today because it does touch on um, technology and her son's use of Instagram. But she says here, time is our most precious commodity, limited and unreplenishable. And she shares a quote from Piper that says, one of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from lack of time. And that just hit me hard because I thought Mm. I make plenty of time to do my social media. And then I say, oh, I'm too busy to pray sometimes. So that really hit hard for me to realize time is such, such a precious commodity. Oh, I tell you, we are a work in progress. I am certainly learning these things day by day. That quote from Piper is conviction to my heart too. And, you know, because we, I always, Troy and I always talk about this, that we make time for the things that we love. And so at the end of the day, if you love exercise, you will not go a day without Mm -hmm. working out. If you love your social media, you will not be that behind on posting or seeing what's going on. Right. And so at the end of the day, the question isn't so much, you know, how much time we should spend on social media media. It's what do we love the most? And let's order things according to that. Oh, that is so true. Something worthy of a lot of pondering for sure. I love that. I mean, of course it's, there's endless conversations that we can have about this, but I would just really encourage all those who may be sitting there still thinking like, well, how, what do I do? Um, yes. We're meant to live in community. If you are, um, be, be plugged in at church, find a mentor, ask an older woman in the Lord to like, just walk with you and mm-hmm. have coffee, make, you know, make dinner for somebody, invite them over and have your family get to know another family, like invite older people who may not have kids nearby to come and be a part of your family because having mm-hmm. other influences will help. Like one podcast won't change everything. And I, and I hope, I hope this one podcast changes <laughs> a lot of things in your home, sure. but, but at the end of the day, you know, we live in community and we're meant yes. to live um, with others. And so seek out that encouragement, live life with somebody else who will spur you on in these things. Mm, I totally love that. I think we could talk about this for hours and hours. And sure. I hope that some of the things we've said has at least been an encouragement to to think about and talk about and really pray about all of these issues as it relates to each of your own families. Cause there is not one, if, if there was one simple rule, I think we would all be so happy, but there's not. And I don't think there ever will right. be. It's, right. it's a heart issue. It's like anything of faith. We would rather have a rule, but the harder work is pressing in and asking the Lord to speak to you personally and guide you. And, um, and usually that's going to lead you to a lot better place than if you just followed a bunch of rules. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Ruth. Well, I'm going to wrap up by throwing three boy mom questions at you, if that's okay. all right. Sure. <laughs> this is something new I'm doing. Ruth is my first victim. But oh, I just decided funny. that when I do an interview with a fellow boy mom, it would be super fun to hear um, her response to just a couple questions. And I'll try to mix these up with different people. But Ruth, I'm going to ask you three boy mom questions. Are you ready to roll? Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. First of all, this one's pretty broad, so you can take a minute to think, but name one thing you couldn't live without as a boy mom, as in what saves you on a daily basis, and this could fit any category. What comes to mind when you think about what you need every day as a boy mom? You know, that is a hard question. (laughs) Um, This could be technology. It could be a kitchen tool. It could be a calendar. Anything goes. Yeah. Well, the first the two things actually come to mind. One is a daily and one is a bigger picture. On a okay. daily, I feel like Gugan is like something I need all the time. Like they're oh. always needing something where a sticky residue is taken off. Like, you know, okay. I mean, so like 
literally, I feel like we used either Fast Orange or Gugon every day, like some okay. version of like taking that residue off because they've been mechanicing something or working uh-huh. on a project. And so okay. it's some, some, something like that is always being used around the house. I love uh, that. Not because like, seriously, it's not like good for you. Like, I mean, it's not <laughs> like you want, you're not washing your hands with it every day, but I'm just saying, right. you know, if you've got. That if you've got stickers that need to come off of things and residue, like we're always using something like that because the boys are always getting into something where something sticky or gooey or like some residue is on something. But the larger picture, the first thing that came to my mind before you said daily was really, um, I feel like the one thing that has changed motherhood for me is actually four wheel drive on my vehicle. <laughs> it's going to sound, ah. really funny, but, um, and not everybody's going to live in the same area. So I, I get it that if you're not in like a more rural area, yes. but I'm not the most adventurous mom. I am not the most sporty or the most active. I have a mountain bike, but I'm not always on it. Yes. I am not that person who can go kick a ball with them easily. And I certainly can't surf Monica, but I will tell <laughs> you, um, I know how to drive. And if I'm willing to get in a car where the wheels and the tires and the car's capacity can take me somewhere that they want to go and explore something they want to see, it's actually changed me as a mom because Mm -hmm. it's kind of married the two things that we're interested in. I'm interested in seeing beauty. Mm -hmm. They're interested in adventure. And when we put those things together, we realize we have a place that we can both talk about at the same time. We can stand on the edge of a cliff and we're not looking for the same things necessarily, but uh-huh. we end up understanding each other a little bit better. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you're that a, a cool mom too, then they're like, oh, look at my oh, mom. She's, she's gnarly. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm a Colorado love- mom these days. So. Well, and I might need to get a link to that, um, to your first one. Cause that's not something that I use and I think I'm going to have to. So I'll put it in our show notes. If, um, if you help me find yeah. a link to yeah, order it online. Sure. Okay. Sure. Next question. Great answers, by the way. Next question. If you had a theme song for your boy family, what would that theme song be? <laughs> that is a very hard question. I know. I know. <laughs> this would be hard for me. No, these are actually really hard questions. Um, y- you know, I wouldn't say this is a, I, I don't know that this is appropriate as a theme song, but I would say what, because here's the thing, when you've got six boys in the house, oh. um, the atmosphere and the attitude and the morale day by day is being like changed by the collective, right? Mm-hmm. One person sure. can have a great day, but if somebody's really having a crummy day mm-hmm. and has a bad attitude, like everybody gets brought down because yes. when you're a family of eight and you homeschool, run a business and do oh. all the things from sure. the same place, um, you're kind of always together. And so even though I would say as a song, it can grind and sometimes they're like, let's not play it again. But I do think that as a whole, when I think about how much um, the song Happy, you know, the from yes. um, yes. me, I just think about the fact that as a whole, as a family, we try so much to just remember like, hey, we are literally here as joy, as part of each other's joy. Like we are spurring each other on in this. We're not naturally, like we're a little bit moody as a family. We're a little melancholy. Like as a family, (laughs) I would say we're deep thinkers. We think a lot. We analyze a lot. We probably more inclined to shed a tear over something that's not going right, right. Than to sing a a song about everything that's going well. And so for us, it's really good for us to I just go around and like dance a little. Like we I are that. Just, that just it makes you want to dance. The happy yes. song. You got to dance. So really, <laughs> you'll find us very often finishing uh-huh. up dinner, finishing up our talk. And the boys, um, I don't do dishes anymore. Like the boys literally clean up after dinner every single Love night. It. And yep. they always play something like that. They play yeah. a whole other whole list of songs, but they'll play something to set the mood. Like, hey, we Love got a it. good, there's nothing uh. to complain about. I love it. Happy. Yep. That's a great one. And then you can dance while you do the dishes. Yep, absolutely. So good. Man, I think our boys are kind of a lot of like my <laughs> older boys. We often have like, you know, jazz playing kind yeah. of moody, moody music. But yeah, when you're doing dishes, you got to blast something happy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Yep. Number three, um, what is the funniest or grossest, just most interesting thing one of your boys has ever brought into the house, or maybe you've found it in their pockets? What's something you can remember a moment in time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're outside well, a lot. So. They are outside a lot. And um, 
you know, I think about, so, so out here in Western Colorado, we actually have an Airbnb that we rent out. So it was the first property that we ever, I wrote Grace Lace from it. It's called Vista La Plata and it's, um, and we rent it out. And so it's this, it's way out kind of in the wild. And, um, we spent a lot of time there before we moved up here. Um, and one time, one summer, um, Haddon, my six year old, I think this was probably when he was like three and a half or four. Um, he came up onto the front porch, dragging an entire spine of probably a deer. Oh, it was like all intact. It was like this entire spinal, um, all the bones, all the vertebrae were connected and it just a little creepy. (laughs) And I, um, just, you know, and he was your husband there. Was it just you? He he was there, but it was just so natural for them, you know, to go and like walk around the property Uh and find carcasses and drag them. And I think there've been a few times that they've brought back an antler that still had a little like, um, and a little hair left on it. And, um, you know, because it was, hadn't been gnawed away completely by, you know, creatures. And so, that's probably the wildest we've gotten. Uh, no, that's then, pretty wild. You know, <laughs> then we've spotted, um, we've spotted uh, a mountain lion and a black bear at specific times of the year, and so we know now, like, okay, so that's these wild. are actually, you know, there's some fresh kill out there, yes. way out in the wild. So yes. Oh, I, I think my boys would love to visit your area. It sounds like one part of uh, the world we sure. need to get to. So That'd much beauty. Oh, so many adventures for boys. I love that. Yeah, that's that's a wild one. We haven't had anything like that here in Hawaii. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, Ruth, I just can't thank you enough for just taking time to be here with us today. And of course, I'll be linking um, in my show notes to anything that we've mentioned in your books and your website. Tell us uh, again when your book is coming out and how people can yeah. find it. Well, it's been a joy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And um, my my book, Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship, releases September 10th worldwide. And um, if you are hearing this before then, then um, you can pre-order it anywhere books are sold. And um, we have some lovely gifts, videos of me painting, printable Mm -hmm. art, and all sorts of stuff over at RuthJoeSimons.com. Yes, and we'll link to that in the show notes. And definitely everyone get over and watch that lovely video and you'll know what my husband says was the woman after his own heart <laughs> in the most, in the most yeah. proper way he could oh, ever that's meet so it. Cute. He wants to go that's paint cute. art with you in a field, I think. I love that. I love it. Oh, uh, well, we um, just appreciate your time so much. Have so much respect for you and your boys and people. Uh, Ruth doesn't necessarily write books about parenting, but if you follow her Instagram, you're going to find so many encouraging posts that just inspire you to um, just behold and become to be a better mom and to love the Lord all the more. So I want to thank you for what you're doing, Ruth. Thank you. That's an encouragement to me. All right. God bless you. And we'll talk again. Oh, guys, isn't she great? It was just truly a privilege to have Ruth on with me. And I know you'll be following her in all of her places. And don't forget to hop over to monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast for all those different links. And um, again, thank you for your time. Thanks for being here. Continue to spread the word. We have more great topics coming up in future episodes uh, straight out of my book, Boy Mom. And then when we finish those, we will be just starting all kinds of different topics related to raising boys. And I think you're going to be excited about some of the things I've got planned for the months ahead. Uh, Next week will be the launch day and I'm scheming up a little different episode for next week so I don't think you'll want to miss it. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a celebration. Hope you come back to party with me here. Alrighty so bless you guys. Thank you and until next time, aloha. Aloha.